following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. It is Minute 84 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you today? Brad, I will not shut up! Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to. Thank God, otherwise this would be a really weird conversation. Uh, man, it's another fantastic week with another fantastic guest. Eric, who do we have with us today? Coming from the spooky, scary world of Michael Myers Minute, it's Robert Black. Hello. Welcome to the Flash Gordon Minute recording Thank studio. Thank you for having me. Boy, so, so you're all like really scared of the awesome powers guy? Oh, not that Mike Myers. I'm sure you've never heard that joke before. <laughs> Only a few times. So, uh... Robert, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, very excited, very excited to have you uh, as part of the fun this week. Um, I just want to ask real quick: what? Um, there's so many great movies out there, and I'm always curious to find out what made people sort of dive into one particular thing. And uh, I'm not a horror guy, although I really do like the idea of the Halloween movies. I've seen a few of them, and uh, when done well, they're excellent and uh, definitely cut above. Um, some of the schlockier stuff, but uh, what what led you to be to, to go the Michael Myers route? Oh well, I've been watching it since I was like five, a long time, and I don't know. It was an easier movie to jump into, I think, than some of the other ones that I had crazy ideas to do for this format. Wow, five years old watching Halloween. Wow. Oh yeah. So. That's very cool. Well, we're going to, I'm sure as uh, this week goes on, we're going to talk more about that. I got a lot of Halloween questions. And because uh, it, it's a fascinating genre, it's a fascinating film series because there have been reboots and reboots inside the reboots. And, um, you know, Season of the Witch, well, Season of the Witch was the third one. Am I remembering that right? Yes. That didn't make a damn bit of sense. <laughs> and now there's going to be a new one coming out soon that is. That ignores reboot. all but the first. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, very cool, but, 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 but we're not doing Mike, Michael Myers Minute right now. We're doing Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, what happens in uh, Minute 84? Well, I love it when we get a great line that's split across two weeks. Um, we ended last week with Voltan saying, Will ye? And then we start this week with, Ooh, shut up! So, the full line, in case anyone couldn't quite uh, paste that together, is, Will you shut up? Because uh, <laughs> Voltan not happy with uh, the goading that Luro is giving him here uh, in, in, uh, in what he did to Flash. You know, we've talked over the previous weeks how there's some very Voltani minutes. There's, like, when, uh, when, when Dale and uh, Zarkov come to, come to his lair and Voltan, like, gooses Dale and laughs and he's having so much fun. It's a really Voltan minute. And this is the anti-Voltan minute. He is not acting like himself. He's quiet. He's sitting, which looks weird. And he, you know, he's questioning himself. And he's letting Luro just really take him to task. And it's a, uh, it's pretty affecting because that's just not the Voltan we want. Yeah, and I wonder if 
you know, I mean, Luro is openly questioning his decision making right in front of what I would assume are probably his, you know, his top lieutenants, uh, you know, the 10 or 15 Hawkmen that are surrounding him there. And I, I wonder under different circumstances, if this is the kind of open descent that Voltan would not approve of, is it just, is he so out of sorts that he's letting this go because it's just, you know, I mean, his city's just been destroyed. They're on our, they're, they're on their enemy's planet. He feels bad about what he did to flash. And so, you know, he, he's allowing himself to be questioned like this in front of all of his people. But yeah, he's sitting on Arborea, so he's not in his comfort zone. Right. Although he is, the way he's sitting, though, is a little bit Voltan with the legs spread like that. That's pretty much the only way he can sit, right, Eric? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, talk, we talked about with that with last week's uh, guest. Yeah, it, it's uh, what an awkward position he's in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, and Eric, that's a great question because we don't really know what kind of leader Voltan is. He's, you know, is he someone, he, on one hand, he doesn't seem like the sort of person who would really take well to being questioned, but he but but I think it's telling that Luro is not scared at all. And in some ways this would be like the last moment if if he was a guy who was uh, if it was Ming, uh Ming has shown a, a real uh a glee in punishing his subordinates. Uh and a time when he so this would definitely not if somehow this was Ming in this situation, the last thing you want to do is even draw any attention to yourself because that's a good way to become liquidated. Uh, so I don't know. That's it, it's a great question, and it's not one that we really that we get any sort of answer to because we don't we don't get enough Voltan to know uh, what sort of leader he is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's obviously he's he's a, a jolly person, so you know, maybe he also is not prone to um, you know vengeance against his subordinates who might question him, but maybe he just prefers it to be done and you know behind closed doors or something. But they don't have any doors anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, fair <laughs> they don't have anything. Great. There's no more walls, floors, ceilings, anything. It'd be great if there was, um, like later they had us just seen Laura with like being pulled aside by the HR guys. Like, listen, we appreciate that <laughs> you're giving input. You know, we have a suggestion box right over there. It's one of the few things we brought with us to Aboria. We have the suggestion box. We, you know, we read the suggestions every other Friday on payday. Just you know, our fun meeting with like an in-office happy hour. So, it, it, I, I, you know, I, I am very interested in the uh, inner workings of the, the <laughs> Voltan's world, but that's not what we get. So you wanted to put in the suggestion box that they revolt against Ming? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. It's like, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great if that was something that came up every week. It's like, I know we want to revolt against Ming. We've uh, Between that and Jeans Friday... These are the two suggestions that always come up. I don't even understand the jeans. We don't wear pants. <laughs> well, and what Luro is saying, he says, then fight. You know, he, he, you know, and, and Voltan says, so after Luro says, then fight, Voltan says, there's no way he can help a man who's dead. And to me, there's a bit of a disconnect with that line because Luro's telling him to fight. He's saying, take the inspiration from Flash, make up for leaving him behind, He's not saying help Flash because he thinks Flash is dead. He's saying destroy Ming and Flash's memory. So it's it's Voltan's line is odd because he's saying there's no way he can help a man who's dead. But that's not what Luro's saying. Luro's saying let's go fight. He's not saying help Flash. 
It's just a straight. It's a strange line of dialogue that, that it doesn't quite fit the scene. You know, Eric, you've been uh, keeping track of the lazy uh, script writing, and I wonder if this is a case of uh, lazy editing, where there's two or three beats in between this to get from A to B, and they just they just wanted to get to the the line that pops, or if it was too many drafts and the, like the connective tissue was edited out and they didn't properly smooth over the line but you i i caught that too and yeah it, it doesn't eh, bolton you're not listening maybe he's just a bad listener obviously he was too busy drinking before too busy sitting now that's true so uh we we get a nice surprise uh or voltan gets a nice surprise uh, he he gets a call he does get a call and he gets a call from a man flying in some great-looking skies again. Once again, got to call out how nice the skies look. And Voltan is 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 very confused because what he he repeats Flash's line back to him: "Flying blind on a rocket cycle." And it's I've always considered that to be a very odd line reading because I understand that he thinks Flash is dead and he's obviously confused that he's getting this call from Flash, but. I, I, I take his confusion to mean, does he not understand what flying blind means? Because it's such, the, the, the line reading is so confused. Maybe someone who has wings and flies doesn't understand what flying blind means. Or he forgot what a rocket cycle is, because they don't need them. <laughs> they just happen to have them for a nice bit of uh, deuces machina, uh, as in the yeah. comes by. Uh, quite frankly, I think uh, Voltan should be a little more surprised. It's like, why do our flying cycles, flying cycles have a CB radio? <laughs> it's, you know, because Voltan, he has a risk communicator, and it's very futuristic, and it definitely follows the trope that science fiction has of you know, what they thought we'd be talking into. It was like, everyone's going to be talking into a wristband, a wristwatch, and, you know, the, 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 that's what he has. But there's Flash with... A CB radio that I'm pretty sure I saw the same thing in my dad's uh, tractor trailer when he was a truck driver and I was a small child. <laughs> yeah, the movie does a good job with the alien stuff with the gauntlet gun and the psycho flying death orb, but may- maybe some lazy prop work here on this one, Brad. Yeah, that's our first lazy prop work. It's, <laughs> I was like, what the... And, and to the point, and all you need to do... Was take the the, the, the little curly Q uh, cord going from the cycle to the the, the handpiece? Just cut that away. Yeah, remove and, the cord and paint it orange or paint it neon, and you're fine. But no, it's I was waiting for Flash to say Breaker One Nine, good buddy. <laughs> Where's Luke and Bo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, what's really fun with the what's fun is. They have this conversation, and uh, there's just one word where Voltan says, Well, and in that one word, you see Voltan becoming Voltan again. Like, the, <laughs> the fire's back in his eyes. He's ready to, you know, he's ready to attack this situation. And uh, it, it's fun. I actually paused and rewatched because it was so cool seeing Voltan transform to himself again. Well, they already defeated Arborea, like, today, right? When they captured Baron, even though it happened off screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's ready to do something else. Time to move on to the next adventure. 
What else do we have in this minute, Eric? Well, let's uh, let's go back to that walkie-talkie because I want to talk about Flash's uh, the way that he's on the rocket cycle. He's holding the hawk, the, the walkie-talkie uh, in one hand, so he's only flying in the sky on a vehicle he's never been on before, right. and he's confident enough. He's holding on to that sucker with just one hand. So there's plus, a bar behind him. Yeah. And let, let, let's take note of a, a, a physical aspect of Flash that we've commented on multiple times throughout the show. The hair is barely moving. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they made sure to point the wind machine at his chest and not his head. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it, the hair is magnificent. Uh, he, he could take on Ming's army just with the hair alone. Really, it's the hair attacking, and Flash is just a conduit to get the hair there. It's not even moving with the wind. It's moving just to look cool. <laughs> they they must have had a cross, a fan going perpendicular to the main fan, just the hair. No, oh, that's it. That's it. So, yeah, uh, it's a great look. Sam Jones looks so good on the Sky Cycle. The Everything just is perfect. He's perfectly framed. The great backdrop. His hair is perfect. Also, Flash... Looks like he's having the time of his life. He loves this sky cycle. And uh, it, it, it sort of carries into the next mo- mo- minute how much fun he's having. So it, it's this is sort of a fun minute. And it's really translating into the, the, you know, the big act three where um, you know, stuff goes real crazy. We have a little bit of Dale and Aura to get through yet. But uh, it, it's, all, it's all coming to, to a point right now. Yeah, I'm saving. I'm going to save my response to that comment, Brad, for tomorrow's episode. Very good. Uh, we have anything else for minute eighty-four? Uh, well, uh, keeping sticking with the wind. Um, you know, there's got to be a loud wind. I mean, you know, he is flying in a sky at, a, at some kind of a decent speed. So, uh, you know, if I drive down the street in my car with the window open and I'm doing thirty miles an hour, I can't hear anything. You're I want to know without head. <laughs> That's true. We have we have established before the different rules of physics and astronomy apply. He's uh, in space right now. <laughs> how is he hearing Voltan? There's no headphones. How is he hearing? <laughs> Not space, space, space. Well, Just in, a little in the, space. In the comic book adaptation of the movie, he's in space. Their backgrounds are like black with stars, which makes less sense. Yeah, because then how's how is he breathing if he's in space? He's Flash Gordon. <laughs> There's um, God, that's a trope that is so tiresome um, in books and co- uh, comics and a little bit of movies, but you know people being able to talk in, you know, in areas where they should not be understood. Uh, I know there has been a little bit of talk with the Aquaman movie coming out soon. Uh, it might even be out by the time uh, this episode re- is released. Um, they've asked the director Justin Lin is like, uh, how do they talk? He's like, they just sort of do. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Try talking to someone underwater. They just sort of do. They just sort of do. Because I know they did that bit in the Justice League movie where Mira was able to create some sort of air pocket so that they could communicate. Um, and it's in all sorts of... And it's, I, I get it. The writer needs to... Sometimes the writer just needs to have them communicate and, you know, okay. I know... Um, I used to read Hardy Boy books when I was younger. I read a bunch of them. And one of the tropes, uh, things, recurring things there was, you know, Frank and Joe Hardy each had a motorcycle and they would go to the next scene, the next crime scene or where the robbery was or whatever, on their motorcycles talking about the case. And uh, it, that doesn't make any sense. 
you can't hear yourself think in a motorcycle, much less have a like a conversation, in-depth conversation on one. <laughs> Uh, I like uh, a piece of the physical acting that uh, Brian Blessed does here. As um, he tells Flash that they're on Arborea, he looks up into the sky, almost like he expects to see Flash, you know, hovering right above him in the rocket cycle. (laughs) As far as we know, that's where he is. Yeah, true. Are you there, Flash? (laughs) I I hear you. I don't see you. Where are you? And Brad, I want to give you... I'm going to give you a little bit of an out here. Uh, you called yourself out on a recent episode how you kept referring to him as Vulton, uh, even though his name is clearly Voltan. And you, you goofed on yourself for mispronouncing his name this entire length of our show. But in this minute, Flash calls him up. He's saying, mayday, mayday, Flash Gordon to Voltan. But then when he thanks him for the homie beacon, he says, he pronounces it Vulton. He, he does. Flash has done that a few times throughout the movie. I think that's what's always screwed me up is... Uh, yeah, you, I guess either pronunciation is acceptable, but uh, yeah, I, I get it from Flash. But it's Volton's not right. It's just it shouldn't be Volton. It should be Voltan. It, Volton just makes him sound like a you know a crappy '90s uh, you know lounge singer. He's like, I'm Michael Volton. <laughs> How am I to live without you? It's it's too fun. Once you start talking a little bit in a Voltan voice, it becomes too easy to slide into it. It's it's a bit of a problem. All right, very good. Um. Robert, uh, do you have any notes? Other other notes on this minute? On this, I just wanted to say, like, because the rocket cycle. Before we get away from it, my brother-in-law at the time made me like a welded together metal ship that I only realized recently was supposed to be this rocket cycle and the war rocket Ajax. I played with him for years with like Star Wars action figures, and only just realized they're Flash Gordon. That's a good brother-in-law. They were dangerous things, like metal with corners and screws attached and welded things, but. I played with them a lot. That's very cool. Do you still have it? I wish. No. I have no idea when I lost them many moves ago. All right. So this is a great first minute. Uh, some cool stuff. We have a lot of cool stuff to come. Uh, a lot of Dale and Aura. Um, gosh, just some weird stuff that we have to talk about. Uh, so it, it, that that's going to be fun. Um yeah, so, uh, Robert, thank you so much for uh, joining us this week. Um, it's the first of three days. Thank you for having me. Um, where can people find out more about Mike, your, your Michael Myers project? Facebook and Twitter, at Myers Minute, and the fun one is Instagram, Michael Myers Minute. All right, we recommend everyone check that out. Um, Eric, where can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute? Uh, you can come to Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Uh chat with us there robert himself is a regular attendee in the vortex yep. we're on twitter flash gordon pod and we have an email address flash gordon minute at gmail.com uh we ask everyone to give us a rating review on itunes uh the more ratings and reviews we get the um more visibility we get yeah and uh we, we want more people to join the fun so um eric this is, i'm really looking forward to this week but i got uh i have a concern or Actually, a little bit of guilt, and uh, this one's actually a bit more uh, a bit more serious than the other one. So I, I need your help. Uh oh. So um, as we've talked about before, we've been uh, doing a lot of work on our new house, and uh, one of the big issues is the second floor uh, where uh, Flash Gordon Studios uh, slash Geppetto Studios is located had really terrible railing, and uh, we hired a guy to install new railing, and. Uh, 
very nice elder gentleman, and he came, introduced himself, he gave us a quote, and, you know, he said all the right things. And then he showed up this week to uh, do the work, and he pulled up in his van, and the back of his van had, uh, like, writing on the back windows. And uh, it's not uncommon in the area. I'm in a very um, uh, middle Pennsylvania uh, Bible Belt-ish area uh, where they'll have scripture or something. And I, I don't give any thought to it. But then I looked, and I was like, oh, dear gosh. It was this like paragraph long screed on the back of it how marriage is the union between one man and one woman and i was just like oh my golly and my wife and i just look at each other like i don't know what do we do do we say something do we do something and she's like we've already paid for half of this right it's like yeah and he's the only guy who does this in our town it's like yeah but both of us are feeling pretty bad about it because um uh, eric and i um share that we have people that we I care very deeply about and uh, family members that are members of the LGBTQ community uh, that are in um, same-sex marriages. And uh, it just has sort of been eating at me that, um, you know, I I supported a business that doesn't support um, marriage equality. So uh, what we're going to do, Eric, is uh, what I think I want to do to to try to alleviate my pain uh, is I want to, everyone who... Uh, gives us a rating review um, this week uh, and next uh, I want to uh, for every review do a dollar donation to a charity of your sister's choice um, because I know your sister um, is a is, is a is supports this show and uh, I, I know she, or I think her and her wife would you know I, I want us to support them so uh, that's that's sort of what's been going on with me well. Uh, <laughs> I think I finally stumped Eric. If you've left me speechless for the first time in a closing of our uh, show, as we get uh, as we decide to finally break our no politics rule, and, uh, we address people on this planet who try to say that their views are more valid or better than someone else's views, and try to force those views on other people instead of just letting everybody live life and be happy the way that they want to. I would say uh, don't worry about all of that because you know what? Flash is going to save every one of us. Attention listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. Mrs. Will ya Make me tea Make love to me Put on the telly To the BBC To the BBC Yeah, yeah, yeah BBC One Mrs. William Made me tea Made love to me Put on the telly To the BBC To the BBC Yeah, yeah, yeah BBC 1, BBC 2, BBC 3, BBC 4
kisses Will ya Let me take My love to me Put on the telly 